Hey everyone, it's Liz Kelly, and I want to tell you about the second annual Ringer NBA Palooza we have going on next week on Tuesday, October 16th. We'll be streaming a live marathon countdown to tip off with Bill Simmons and the Ringer NBA crew, featuring live podcasts, special guests, Ringer original shorts, and culminating in a Sixers-Celtics watch party. You can check it out live on Tuesday across all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to check out our brand new NBA Palooza merch on theringer.com slash shop. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lunt. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I am your host, David Shoemaker, sitting catty corner from me, sort of in a leaning back in a chair, almost on the couch. Is yeah. the king of sad style, nearly comatose, Dan Saint Germain, extra sad, largest today. calves in the world. I'm actually pretty good today, David. Oh, really? This is me good. Uh, a little bit disturbing, a little bit unsettling <laughs> to hear that. Um, the Super Showdown was this weekend. We're going to talk about that. Um, whether or not it was a glorified house show, it was pretty fun. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the other big event from Saturday, uh, UFC 229, although we promise we won't get too uh, uh, brotastic in the weeds UFC. I, I, I want to ask Dan a couple of questions about yes, it. Yes, I won't even talk about the McGregor fight. I'll tell you why I'm excited for UFC 230. And you should talk about the McGregor fight. Uh, and but to, but to start things off, don't listen to Jim, no matter what he says. To start things off, the biggest news of the week, and I think really, I mean, honestly, if we had talked about this five years ago, like the biggest potential news that we could be getting right now, there's a handful of things. Um, like what is the biggest wrestling stories of the next five years? One would have been The Undertaker is retired, which whether or not he was, like that would be a thing that we would have said I five years ago. I think that's happened ago. three times. Right. Um, you know, there might have been a couple of potential world champions that we would have like hoped to see five years ago. But one of the big things that, man, I really, I honestly thought was never going to happen. Ever say never. Of course not. What is the unretirement, the return, the childhood, the, the, the boyhood dream has, is coming true <laughs> for the fifth time. It's Shawn Michaels. Yeah, the showstopper. A, the showstopper uh, has officially announced his unretirement, I guess. He, he managed to not say I'm unretiring. I don't know if that was part of the deal or what, but uh, but on Monday night, uh, okay, I guess on on Saturday at the Super Showdown, he helped um, Triple H in his quest to defeat the Undertaker. Triple H won. I was surprised, yeah. but then after the match, they did a sort of they did a sort of uh, curtain call with the four guys that being Undertaker, his brother, brother Kane, uh, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H all kind of held mm-hmm. each other's arms up, and then the Brothers of Destruction destroyed uh, the uh, erstwhile DX members, and then on Monday night, Triple H and Shawn came out. Um, and in a blistering promo, they said, 
We're doing it one. We're putting the band back together one more time. It'll be DX versus the Brothers of Destruction at WWE Crown Jewel. Shawn Michaels dug deep down into that dump truck of Saudi prince money that was oh, delivered to shit. his house and found a way to come back, David Shoemaker, uh, for a tag team match that I hope isn't as slow. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, it, it, it's awesome on the one hand. On the one hand, look, I, 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 if if you're somebody who's like wrestling retirement should mean something, uh, you know, I I understand that sentiment, but I, look, the match that I want to see is Shawn Michaels versus Daniel Bryan, and it's not just it's a match that you know a few people want to see because it's you know the student becoming the teacher. That's the easy storyline. Um, maybe a rematch with Taker, that's fine, but. You know, I kind of think they should have uh, kept that buried, no pun intended, um, and and gone the Do you other wish way. They weren't doing this match. Like, are you are you saying? Yeah, are, are I don't want to. D- I don't. DX coming back for me isn't as big as Shawn Michaels coming back. And now, and that promo felt like DX coming back. Yeah, and it's just a very bizarre. It's a little bit weird. Go ahead. And Shawn Michaels. I mean, I'm sorry. Triple H looks older with Shawn Michaels standing next to him. <laughs> Like Triple H looks like when he's going up against yeah. Seth Rollins. It's like when he, it's like when he's he, in the Survivor Series match. He looks like, oh, okay, this guy can, st-, and he still can go. He still can go. It's like if you see one like twenty year old dude in a bar, he can pass. But if he's with all his friends, they suddenly all look sixteen. Or right. Something, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Yeah. You look like the. Yeah. You. You. You kind of like get the age of everyone. Or once you're like, you, you look your age when you're with your cohorts uh, or your contemporaries. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the upside, I mean, the the positive spin on this is if you really are a Shawn Michaels, such a Shawn Michaels fan that you want to see him wrestle these dream matches and whatever else, this could be opening the door for that, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think the dream match though is Daniel Bryan. I I don't think, I think what we've seen with AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and maybe you know that's a little bit more, uh, you know, and uh, there's a lot of factors with that. It's a WWE style, uh, you know, but they couldn't really, they didn't do much creatively. To build that, so the idea of Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles, although in the ring, has the possibility of putting on a great match. I'll never say, you know, Shawn Michaels is the best in-ring competitor or one of the best of all time. So I, I will never doubt the fact that he's going to put on a show and do some great stuff. But like, for me, unless they make AJ a full heel, which is the only way that situation could work, the match that you want to see is Shawn Michaels as a full heel versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, it, it, I, I, I don't. I, I get nervous that the story of AJ and Sean, which is just the best versus the best, is is not it, it doesn't really work in scripted entertainment. It works in it it works in sports, you know, like when when we know when there's no outcome, but when we know the outcome, um, WWE isn't isn't as great as handling it. New Japan can do it great, but this has never been WWE's forte. Yeah, and if you want an example of that, WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. Oh, technically, it was a great match. The build leading up to it, you're kind of like, you got, you know, and I know that people were like, oh, it was one of the greatest matches of all time. But it's a little boring, man. You want to see a story behind it with WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Dream matches are tough um, for, for WWE, in WWE especially. Yeah. Um, right. And Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 was not a dream match. That was a match that's been done before. And the reason that it worked was that it was an incredible story behind it. Darkness versus light. And Shawn Michaels then tempering that light with with ego so it wasn't real light going yeah. up against The Undertaker. 
Yeah, and then, you know, that led into Undertaker Triple H matches, which were always sort of billed as the end of the era, right? Right. Which is still not over yet. No, it's not over yet. The era just continues and continues. You know, part of me wonders if the fact that Sean didn't say the words, I'm unretired, or like, you know, no one, you know, it's fine. Like, it's something more specific than whatever he said. Because it was a good promo, don't get me wrong. Um. The one thing they got right is that he said, "I say this with no respect." Yeah, and that, oh, yeah, that was that, that, and they did that well. They're handling, they're hand. WWE is handling a tag match between the Brothers of Destruction and against Degen- Degeneration X in 2018 the best way it can. I just don't know we we really need to do it. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 but part of me, I guess, what I was gonna say is, uh, I mean. And have and it, it being the Undertaker is perfect. I mean, of all like they would have done this match if Shawn Michaels had not been retired by the Undertaker. But the fact that he was like that's the best possible storyline for him to come back. You don't have any respect, so why should I respect the, the promise I made to you? Yes, that's amazing. It's pitch perfect unless he comes back as a heel and fucks up Daniel Bryan. Part of me, right? Part that's of a me. Story. Part of me wonders if the fact that he didn't say it, coupled with the fact that it's a tag team match, like if he is somehow worked himself into this kayfabe whatever like if he if he's convinced himself that he's not actually unretiring he's psychologically justifying yeah he's basically going to come back and have the bret hart versus mr mcmahon wrestlemania match it doesn't really count as a match it's just for the fans i don't know man so it's like Sounds like fake news to me david shoemaker i don't know that that's that's my that's, that's, alternate that's what i found myself asking I mean, because they let they they had they cut this really great promo, but then just didn't hit the kicker, right? And they left it to the announce team to to hit the, to do it, and they and they seemed sort of perplexed by the whole thing too. I mean, I I'd be know, there was a with weird... the amount of shit that those guys have to uh, promote every day. Well, I, and they I have cannot... to tr- and they have to they have to travel around the world. And listen, I know I, I I will never be able to comprehend what it's like to be a pro wrestler, and certainly when you have people's lives in your hands, that's a that's yeah. a lot, especially when you're working tired or traveling around the world. But I can sympathize, I think, with being an announcer just in the fact that it's more of a Dude, talking. It's an intellectual endeavor, and it is really hard. It it's not. Yeah, it's not even an intellectual endeavor. It's actually the opposite of that. You're you're basically, um, you're managing. That's that's really what you're doing. But, but that kind of stuff is is is. I mean. It's so the degree of difficulty when you're traveling around the world is so high. Oh, my God. Like, look, I know Michael Cole is nobody's favorite wrestling commentator personality. He's never going to be talked up with Bobby the Brain or Jim Ross or even Jerry Waller or Paul Heyman, you know, Mm -hmm. but none of those guys could do this 2018 job. And I'm not talking about the announcing the announcing. He's, you know, say what you want about his announcing. I'm talking about the fact that this guy over three hours has to promote Three different fucking shows cut to so many different pr- pr- promo packages has to like, I mean, there's, it has to like, I pop the website, I pop their charitable foundation work. There's nobody else. No, 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 that can I do that. Well, yes. Okay. But this, I think this is a, I mean, and the travel was crazy. This was a, uh, I don't, I don't usually say much about the announcers because I don't pay that much attention to them all the time. Um, yeah. This was uh, there. Uh, Michael Cole seemed a little bit off this week, and probably just because he was tired. But the yeah. whole thing, the whole super, the whole super showdown, the announcers felt like they were on like a five second delay. And then on Monday night, it, thing. and the Monday night thing when they opened up and they had to like start telling the story because Sean and Triple H weren't 
it just didn't it didn't quite click. You know, they came back around and repromoted it, but the whole like it seems like they just came out of retirement. Like it seems like this match is going to happen. It's like just tell us. Yeah. Like what? Like certain. I mean, is it in, in kayfabe? Is like Vince McMahon not in your ear to tell you a match is formalized or something? You know? Is there? I mean, in, I don't under. It, it it was all very strange. Um, but it's a big deal that Shawn Michaels is back, and it's a big deal that we're getting Shawn and Triple H versus Undertaker and Kane at. I mean, even if it's at Crown Jewel, um, I'm not quite sure what. Uh, uh, I, I mean, but it is a little bit weird, right? That Shawn Michaels, let's just say that he's unretired. He's making his comeback because that's what's happening. No matter what, what my conspiracy theory is or what they're going to, you know, what, what they call it. It's kind of weird that he's coming back just because the Saudis like dumped a bunch of money in his lap, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, look, I don't know. I mean, I'm man's... not saying, okay, let's set the politics aside. Right. Let's set the politics aside. He believed in this retirement. He took this retirement seemingly very, very seriously to the point where, like, if he was going to come back, and I don't want to be a pissy fan about it, right? But if he was going to come back, we lost seven years of maybe not peak Shawn Michaels, but closer to peak Shawn Michaels. Well, what, let me, let me, uh, eight years. You know, that's funny. You're like speaking as uh, now somebody who's resenting the fact he retired in the first place. Well, if, come on. Okay, just retire what's, what's, for a year. Let's do a shoot in your own the, life. Shoot, shoot shoemaker. Uh-huh. Uh, does a giant retirement episode of the mass man. Mm. And then you realize, yeah. Oh shit, I got to pay for my kids college. You're going to find a way to come back. And, and uh, let's say the, Saudi princes or a Russian ol- oligarch or some somebody else. No, 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 no. You know, oh, I, I that's get understandable. It. If this were a thing where like, like he went on his own to Saudi Arabia and booked a tour or just like went and like right. did a promo match against Saudi Arabia's biggest wrestler and made a ton of money. But it's, I guess this is what the whole, the whole crown jewel thing, the whole Saudi show thing is just bizarre to me because they're bringing back all this legacy talent. They're hyping. And I know why they want to see the old stars. I get that. But like, if there was a dollar figure, how did Vince not find that at WrestleMania 30? Because these guys are getting paid more. If there was a dollar, I mean, what what do you what do you what are they getting paid? A hundred million dollars? Uh, they're probably getting paid a lot. Dude. Like if Sean is going to come back for five million dollars, Vince McMahon doesn't have oil beneath my feet money. I know, but that's what I'm saying is like if. So so the fact of the matter is. Shawn Michaels would have been willing to come back at any point in the last eight years for $10 million. And Vince just decided he couldn't afford to pay him $10 million. Like, are we accepting that as truth? I, I mean, I, I, look, I, I don't, you know, I can't say anything for certain, you know, I, you know, um, but I, I, it, that, that seems like the obvious reason. Yeah, no, I mean, it is obvious. That's it's just a little bit like, you know, my, my... I mean, he's got, he's got a lot, you know, like it's one of those things too, where, it's the one thing about Shawn Michaels that people don't want to, uh, I guess, admit is that he, although like as a, if you're a pure wrestling fan, he's he's up there on Mount Rushmore. But as far as drawing actual money, he's nowhere uh, close to Stone Cold, The Rock, Hogan, any of those guys, and he's probably nowhere close to Cena. So from a financial perspective, you'll you kind of put him in that he's probably. It's probably less than Lesnar too, if you like really look at it over the years. Mm-hmm. You know that one's arguable. Um, you know, like he he does he doesn't. If you're from a business perspective, 
okay, if you're a music man and you're like, fuck, I got, I got to, I got to pop well, a number. Who do I want to pay back? Who's no, been no, gone no, for I, two I, years? I, John Cena. I get, Cena or I get all that, and I think you can make I the case John that Cena I think time. DX. I think DX at its peak was, you know, rivaled most of those people. But I, but and and Shawn Michaels had such a long really? career. You think that you think I think that DX at its peak. As far as numbers wise, it probably Michaels. wasn't Shawn Michaels, right? But DX, DX, the DX, and the D, I mean, the Shawn version of DX was huge. That was huge in the and sense the, that it set a story forward. And then the as number far of as then the money that was drawn in afterwards. And when they came, made their return, I mean, just in in glow stick sales alone, <laughs> that rivals. I mean, the glow stick business saw a huge uptick. I can't argue with that. Yeah, no. Anyway, I don't want to be. I don't want to like you know crap on this too much. But uh, I mean, because because it, it is really exciting. I'm glad that he's back. I'm I'm working on a piece. We have a lot of cool wrestling stuff coming out. Kenny, uh, Kenny Herzog is writing, probably as you're listening to this, it might be up, but definitely later this week on the various stages of retirement and pro wrestling, which is great. Um, there might be a follow-up piece to that later on, which I'm really excited about, but that's I can't say anything else. Um, I'm working on a piece about, vaguely, about the uh, just kind of different timelines, like the different, the parallel universes that are going on in WWE right now, because it is super weird, right? That there's like, like we were we were perplexed with how like total divas was going to play out because it was like airing after the fact and it was sort of it was clearly fake in its own way but a different sort of fake it was behind the scenes fake and then it was airing like 6 months to a year after it was filmed but somehow they had to make those rivalries relevant in the ring so that was all weird but now we have it's not just total divas now the mix match challenge exists, which really right. does exist in a separate timeline and a separate universe, sure. right? I mean, there are some team ups that don't make any sense. Brock Lesnar, I mean, Braun Strowman is is nice or is like a, a manageable personality in that on that show. And well, yet, it is it, it is very and everyone you know shit on the WWE universe that slogan when it came out, but it does feel like the Marvel universe where you there's like okay, there's there, this is the story around where Wolverine gets killed. But in this one, he's alive, you know? It, yeah. That's what it feels like. Or like the, or like in the, in the cinematic version, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is like part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it doesn't, but like there's no restrictions based on what's happened in the movies and who's dead yeah. and when, when it happened in the timeline. Yeah. Uh, and yet Finn Balor and Bailey are fully, are like playing out their mixed match challenge personas on Raw every week. That's well, weird. You right? still have to advertise. No, but they, that, yes, uh, in years raw. in years past they did it in like backstage segments, you know, just the promos and this is what's coming up on this show and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's but it is it's a separate world. The same thing I think, and I, I we said I said this a few weeks ago is going to be true about these um, big foreign shows, and maybe it's just you know I mean like we we talked about this at the the uh, like the first time they went to Saudi Arabia, it was. Roman versus Brock. I mean, yeah, Br- Roman versus Brock, and Braun won the <laughs> the cup, whatever it was. Right, the great. And now the three of them are facing off in the main event at the Crown Jewel. Yeah, you've made this point before, right? So, the, but the whole, but it's also there's this whole thing now where it's like the Legends division that I was postulating <laughs> last week because they're yeah. bringing back everybody because that's the only people that they want to pay for in Saudi Arabia. Well, here's my question, David: um, Is why then, if you know you had footage where you know when Great Kali was uh, with WWE, they would cut the footage to India to make it look like he was the biggest star in the world. Oh, right, right, right. So why are I tried to interview that announcer? It didn't work out. So it's like my question is: Could you have all these shows? Is there a is there a universe where um, 
Braun Strowman wins the universal title in Saudi Arabia, and the next night on Raw, it's just on Roman Reigns. Like he is the Saudi Arabian universal champion, but in the United States, WWE Roman Reigns is the universal champion. I actually don't think you need to. If, if if this is if this is privately funded, like like why it's almost a question of why are you promoting it so much? So it can't be all privately funded, right? Because like you know when they when 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 Beyonce does a a billionaire's uh, daughter's birthday party or whatever you know that uh, something similar to that happens, it's not like she puts that on her website, you know. So th- that's that's a question that I have. Is yeah, like you know, as comedians, we don't really advertise when we do corporates. I've never been asked to do one, so I wouldn't know. Um, but it, why are they putting so much work into this promotional corporate? And the only person well, the that answer- could really answer that, I think, is their the, fi- the head of their financial sales because I think I, I'm uniquely unqualified. Maybe you have an answer for that. Well, why they're doing it? Yeah, why devote so much time to this and not the Survivor Series? I don't know this for uh, for certain, but my assumption is that. The person who is paying for this whole thing is Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Again, trying not to get too political here, and and this is and part of his big PR push is this Vision Twenty Thirty movement, uh, which is you know. So he's got like his political agenda on one side, which involves you know dropping bombs in Yemen and arresting uh, serious minded journalists that don't always agree with him, uh, and possibly killing them, and then. Uh, the other side is like opening up culturally and letting women dance at concerts and bringing in musical acts and and bring and and having these big shows, including uh, WWE. And I think that part of the deal is that they have to hype up the they have to like act like they ha- they have to say nice things about Saudi Arabia and about the Crown Prince. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If there's any other level headed explanation for it. Well, I mean, New Japan has done that too. Yeah, sure, when sure. A, when there's an American financer, I mean, listen. When the, I mean, this happens in other instances, right? I mean, like when, when I can't even think. When the Carolina Panther, when 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 the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, got the Carolina Panthers, they called them the Carolina Panthers because they wanted to be both North and South Carolina fans could could root for them. Mm-hmm. And then when they find, and then when they got their basketball team back, they were like, "We will never do anything except use the word Charlotte again because we're paying for all this. We deserve it. We want to make Charlotte a destination and not mm-hmm. this vague part of the Eastern Seaboard." Right? right. Localities will self promote. I mean, that's what they're going to do. Countries do that all the time, but that's why they're hyping this up so much. It yeah. should. the The confusion is that it's like a, it is in some ways a glorified house show, the greatest house show of all time. This is like a MSG you know, 50th anniversary show or something. But, right. Uh, but it's, uh, it's just a weird, weird one-off event or not one-off. Now these things, and I'm sure they're having time. a, their pressure too, because they've changed from a bigger location to a smaller one. So obviously that means that, you know, the ticket demand for this event wasn't as, as, as great as the last one. I mean, I don't, maybe that's off base, but it seems like that would be the only reason, right. From switching locations. Yeah. So that's no, so the crown jewel thing is November 2nd. We're going to talk more about that. We definitely got AJ versus Daniel Bryan, which is cool. Again, I get, we got to just appreciate this for what it is. This is going to be a good match, right? And yeah, I mean, get, I wish they hadn't done it on SmackDown a couple months ago. And I know it was a, you know, it was a botched, you know, it was an interference of uh, decision. But yeah, I mean, that's my only. And you know, I like that they're keeping the Miz involved. Yeah, I, I think that that's the right way to go for sure. Um, Roman versus Brock versus Braun 
for the title, DX versus Undertaker and Kane. And we got this WWE World Cup, which is just the legend's tourney. I mean, the John most Cena, impressive thing about that was the Samoa Joe in, you know, injury. Or right. I don't know if they're playing the storyline of like, well, Joe's injury prone, so maybe we'll make that part of his character. Or was he actually injured? No. This is clearly a thing where it's uh, John Cena, Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy. and Ra- The only surprise in this tournament so far is that somehow is that Randy Orton and Big Show didn't manage to both get in. But but mark my words, Big Show will find a way in. He, he'll be on this card. That's the only explanation for his comeback. And he might just find a way to get back into the World Cup. Because it's this is probably going to be where it's, Rey Mysterio lands. Yeah. Probably going to Maybe this is where Great Khali goes. Um, yeah, it seems like the biggest stars of... Um, you know, like oh, Batista is coming back next week. He could do this. Oh, like that Batiste, would yeah, but I could see Batista doing that. I, you know, the only the only problem with Batista is Batista's kind of woke now, and I don't yeah, know if Batista. Yeah. I mean, Batista might be the one wrestler in the history of wrestling that that would be just like I have pol- a political grievance with uh with making this trip. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 entirely possible. We'll see. So we got that on November. Scott Steiner would bring them back. Yeah, Diamond Dallas Page just. How much do you think it would cost to pay the WWE to bring Hogan back? Forget Hogan's price tag. Let's say that he and the Prince have a deal under the table. How much would they have to pay WWE to to allow Hogan to come back? Yeah. I kind of feel like WWE's ready to do it. I think that would be the I think I think having that happen at the Saudi show might be a great might be a great time to sneak that in. Um Can we just have one segment where like if they bring Hogan back and they just do something where like the new day walks him around like fucking Jesse Jackson and Michael Richards, just some <laughs> sort of like like show of like uh, remorse. Here. That would work. That would work if Hulk Hogan didn't get any prep for it. If it was just like you got to go do some improv comedy, play along. <laughs> that would be that would be a punishment that I think some people would accept. Yeah. Um. So we'll have. We have that on the we have evolution on the on the twenty eighth. We have the World Cup on the second, and then on the third, the next night, we have another heavyweight championship match, and that's uh, Derek Lewis versus Daniel Cormier in the in the UFC. I bring this up because um, the biggest match of the weekend was not on the Super Showdown. I think for just about everybody I've spoken to, wrestling fan and not, the biggest fight of the of the of the uh, of this past weekend was was uh, Khabib versus Connor, yeah. Uh, the the big the U- UFC's biggest match of all time. Um, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean the events afterwards were, uh, you know, pretty disheartening. But then when you look into some of the particulars on it, like you know, it's always that first thought wrong, and you like look at like some of what happened afterwards. You're like, oh, we didn't really get the full story before or after. But uh, I think for me, the reason that I'm excited about UFC 230 is Derek Lewis versus Daniel Cormier because Derek Lewis gave the most honest promo I've ever heard in sports. Derek, you came into this fight the number two contender with that knockout. You're absolutely one of the top guys in line for a shot at the title next. So tell us what you think about that. I need to sit my black ass down and do some more cardio. What you talking about right now? I ain't trying to fight for no title right now. Not with no gas tank like that. I've never seen a man more honest after a fight. Yeah. Where he was like, because he got the shit kicked out of him for five fucking rounds. 
and then just landed this tremendous knockout punch. And I am not, I am not you versed in UFC. There are a ton of great podcasts that other people produce about it. But like for me, having him do that honest promo where he talks about his balls, asking to get on Rogan's podcast and saying he's not ready for a title fight. And then it being announced three days later that it's a title fight. I mean, it's like it, it, I, now I'm definitely buying the pay-per-view. I may even buy tickets to go to MSG to sit in the nosebleeds. Yeah, it was uh, he got his ass kicked for two rounds or two and a half rounds, depending on how you want to you look at it. Um, UFC but, took everything good from professional wrestling and applied it to a real sport. I'm so glad that you said that because uh, our wonderful UFC writer, Chuck Mendenhall, is, has a piece on that coming out tomorrow, today. When, when is this dropping? On Thursday. But that might be well. Today. That's that's actually my. You know, like when Stephen King goes by. Uh, who does Stephen King go by? Oh, his Richard other Bachman? names. Yeah, Richard, Richard Bachman. That's that's my Richard Bachman. I'm actually. <laughs> You've been chucked this whole time. I've been chucked this whole time. Yeah, I mean, UFC is clearly. I mean, we've talked about it before. I've talked about it before. They learn. I mean, from from. I mean, for a decade, their promo videos have been inspired by WWE. So much has been inspired by WWE. I mean, Conor McGregor's entire career, Conor's whole career, and that. I mean, that's sort of when it began. And uh, and at this point, it's every every time a, a, a UFC fighter gets a mic, it's a promo. You know, all of these like in-ring conf- confrontations are staged, and I think that's the real problem. I mean, it's got to be part of w, or UFC's fear is that as like as they did not want that thing to happen after they did not want that melee to happen after the no after the the main be- event because you saw the melees they want to happen they love Brock coming in and confronting Daniel but that's Cormier. the thing is it to the to that's a, controlled melee to an them. unsususpecting crowd or to I mean to a to a non wrestling attuned crowd yeah. or to the new the the lots uh, the Nevada Athletic Commission um, those two things look a lot alike you know for the like the putting Brock Lesnar deliberately in the ring. To you know, when when he gets called out by Cormier, that whole thing was planned. Cormier's speech was planned. The whole thing was a setup. And then the brawl after the Khabib Connor fight. I mean, those things can look a lot alike if you don't know how wrestling works. Yeah. Anyway, they're uh, they're 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 going full wrestling. And you know, those people, those guys at Endeavor, guys and gals who you know, Endeavor that that own UFC now are 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 very happy. You know, no, no, no press well, is if, bad press. If you're Dana White, uh, and the situation is far more gray than this, but if you're Dana White, you're like, well, I just lost my top face. Like Conor McGregor, <laughs> you know, like the chances of him coming back uh, as the same kind of fighter, you know, like, it, you know, a, a lot of what happens in the UFC, and this is, you know, stuff that, again, I'm pretty uneducated about a lot of this shit, and I hear from people who are well-versed in MMA, it's like what happened with Ronda is like, oh, everybody figured her trick. Yeah. So it's like with Connor, it's like when you have a loss that's that lopsided, there's that fear of like, okay, we figured the trick out. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, Connor's going to keep getting main event spots and, and selling more pay per view buys than anybody else for a long time. Yeah. But regardless it's like t- Tyson could be diminishing returns down the line. Yeah. No, I think, that, I'm sure there'll be some of that. I mean, I think with Connor, it's a little bit less. I mean, listen, Khabib is a, was a once in a generation. He's just a buzzsaw. And yeah, I think well, that, it's one of those things, too, where he's hard for a casual MMA fan. You get bored fucking watching him because yeah. what you want is the match that was before that, which was uh, what was it? Tony Pettis? Ferguson, and Anthony Pettis. Yeah, yeah. Ferguson just looked like Superman in that fight. Yeah, so he's, and, and he's that's the match too. you want to watch. And then, you uh, you know, my girlfriend watching UFC, she's like, why are they on the ground the whole time? Yeah. Um, You know, it's funny. And I've said this a million times before. But Dan, this is the reason why pro wrestling is fake. 
because I'm not joking because wrestling, what used to be like 50, I mean, these interminable multi-hour matches. Um, but yeah, you would go see a wrestling show and they would just be like in a hold lying on the ground for 30 minutes because it was just these like minor movements and it was so boring that people stopped caring about it. Yeah. And then finally people were like, you know what would be cool is if we were running around and like swinging at each other and doing these like, I mean, at that point, yeah. an aerial move was like a hip toss, not even that. But that's why they faked it. They were like, we're just going to put on a show because that, and then everybody went apeshit for it. Yeah. UFC sort of tried to solve that same problem by having like fight of the night bonuses and knockout bonuses. But you know, there's like a that. problem, dude. And by this promoting is, this, guys like Connor. This is a huge problem with WWE versus UFC. It has become a problem in WWE when UFC is less predictable than WWE. And I mean that in the sense of like, no one predicted that, you know, like it's more surprising. The matches they put up, the storylines they put up are a little more surprising than WWE. Everybody knew that Nikki Bella was going to turn on Ronda Rousey on Monday night. That's been in the works for months. Yeah. So that a lot of turns. I think that that's but, but turns that have been set up deliberately. Yeah. You know, that's why I loved it when AOP came right. out and they, you know, uh, beat up Bobby and uh, Chad Gable, who I still think is probably the most underrated, underutilized guy on the roster. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's a problem, man. When when you see when you see the buildup for four months, it's we're not in we're not in the eight. You know, everybody loves. Everybody loves Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania five, arguably the greatest man of all time, right? The mega powers collide, right? Um, but that storyline would not work today. The slow, subtle turn of Macho Man would not work today um, because there's just too many outlets talking about what's happening backstage and too many different perspectives. Like in the age of the internet, the slow turn uh, that you can see coming from a mile away. And I think, you know, we've seen that a lot, unfortunately, with WWE, that they haven't, you know, the the, the element of surprise. And, and then sometimes the element of surprise becomes, okay, well, we're just going to do it for a night. Like, let's have Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns after SummerSlam. No one's going to, yeah. no one's going to, no one's going to. And, and that's why the Raw after SummerSlam was so fucking awesome because you're like, holy shit, is heel shield back? Or like, you know, even more interesting, like, uh, you know, gray area shield back. Um, and instead... You kind of then see a slow reset to what everybody thought was going to happen. I will take on your larger point, which is that UFC. I mean, I guess for UFC is less predictable. For years, I always asked myself why Vince and Vince McMahon and Dana White were so loudly averse to the to their companies being compared. Right? People would be just like, "Yo, UFC, WWE. I mean, obviously, one's real and one's fake, but they have a lot in common." And Dana would just be like, "We those." that's that piece of shit company. We don't have anything in, in common with them at all. Like we're, you know, whatever. And, and Vince was just like, no, we're entertainment, you know, just like very determined to, to like delineate between the two. And I think that, and like now we really see the answer, which is because what, if Dana had admitted, had openly been like, yeah, we're just like WWE, then they'd actually be in a lot of trouble with like sports commissions and shit now, because the more they become, they actually become WWE. They have to have the sheen of legitimacy. Yeah. Right. You can't, be like, oh yeah, we're like WWE because well, the Las Vegas get, uh, Athletic Commission, has, the Nevada Athletic Commission, has become the Jack Tunney. For <laughs> exactly, <Dana White>. yeah. <laughs> and then, and Vince, for his part, can't compare the two because, like, yeah, they can't. Like, they can write a better story, I guess, but like, they don't often. And you're right, reality is a lot more compelling than than fiction sometimes. Even though fiction is, you know, the best fiction is obviously better. 
Anyway, all of that is to say that Dan St. Germain is a huge UFC fan now. He will, we're we're going to spin him off into his own UFC podcast. And when WWE gets real, it gets really scary. And uh, I'm going to do a plug for my podcast, Total F and Marks. We, we, we started a series called The Unwatchables, which is the word, which I'm taking like Sam Ruddy is a really funny comedian. She's never seen wrestling before. So she watched it for the first time. And we watched and it releases tomorrow. We watched like, you know, what's considered like some of either the craziest or worst matches, Judy Bagwell on the pole. Well, one match I put in there and it was, it, we couldn't even make fun of it because it was so serious. Something that you've written about David. And that's the, uh, great Antonio versus, uh, Anoki match oh yeah where it, which is just a you know it, it's a it's more of a documentary than a professional wrestling match where you watch it and you're like this is just a disaster and you feel like you feel like so bad for this dude and where, where he ends up um so wrestling wrestling can't get real because when it gets real it becomes the saddest that is uh sadly true we gotta we gotta run through the greatest i mean uh the super showdown the super duper showdown of showdowns that just happened. Super dee doo dee Show what he do what Um, and there's also some sure some Ron SmackDown stuff that we'll hit on here. Yeah, Jim, do we have like uh our predictions versus what happened? Who had a better prediction rate? Um No, Jim threw Jim took the predictions and threw them in the trash can, if I remember correctly. Ate them. Give me one second, I'll bring him up. Yeah. Jim Cunningham is actually just filling out a job interview right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell produced? <laughs> David, I just sent them back to you. Wait, you just why don't you just tell us? Oh God. Jim, Jim is just Jim, get on the microphone and tell us what we picked. Jim is doing this. Every All time right. Jim talks, right. it's a commercial for fucking Alexa. Right, the Pro. first match, I don't remember who we picked, but Jim is gonna tell us, I think. The New Day, which was the Kingston and Woods ed- edition. Uh, defeated the bar Cesaro and Sheamus who, who, what did we pick did we both pick New Day Dan picked the New Day and David you did not make a pick this is a good start I picked the New Day you asked me after I, I had to ask you after but I'm just saying you didn't pick anything during the show okay but I did say afterwards and you uh, we'll give that one to you 1-1 one, one. that was a pre-show anyway right or no that was a real part of the show Charlotte Flair defeated Becky Lynch by disqualification what were our picks you both picked Becky are Which you sure you want to do this? Yeah, we're going to get all these wrong. I think that counts. She left with the belt. We yeah, really I think make... we can give ourselves a win. Maybe that's a no-co. I think we're still 1-1 one, one on that. All right. We don't count that one. Lashley and Cena defeated Elias and Kevin Owens. We were both right on that, right? We both picked Lashley and Cena, right? Yep. 2-2. Two, two. And I picked that Cena would have terrible hair, so do I get a bonus point? <laughs> I liked his hair. I get that yeah. prop bet. I liked people pointing out that it looked like... Um, Homer's toupee from that treehouse of horror when it becomes evil it looked just like that. Oh my gosh, it looked bad. He should have wrestled in a John Cena wig. That would have, I think, done everything. That John was- Cena wig. <laughs> John Cena wig. Um, oh, you, you literally couldn't see him. Um, that's fantastic. I hope we use that as a sound drop forever. Uh, the Iconics over Asuka and Naomi. I got that wrong, right? No, I think you got that right, and I got it wrong. Is that right, Jim? Dan said Asuka and Naomi, and uh-huh. David said, I don't care. That's I not think true. David said the Iconics. I'm going to stick up for David on that. Then David eventually said the Iconics, whatever. Okay, yeah, okay well, so come on. I like the so I don't David's care. beating All right. me 3-2. AJ uh, versus Samoa Joe. AJ won. I had AJ. I think you had Samoa. You both said AJ. Yes. Oh, God, 3-4. David's beating me. I thought I beat him. 
Rousey and the Bella Twins over the Riot Squad. You both had that, mm-hmm. and you both said that they would turn on Rousey. I definitely did Four not have five. Cedric Alexander losing to Buddy Murphy. Right? I did, though. Yep, Dan did. 5-5. Five, five. Uh, Buddy Murphy was, is just the best wrestler in the world. 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, that was, that was the highlight of the show for me. If Buddy Murphy had that, wrestled in like like PWG for that five shooting seconds, star he'd be the biggest press star was incredible. Yeah. Dude, that's um, that's what that that's called, right? No, no, he didn't do shooting star. He what did he do? do? A senton or shooting star? Oh, there, was it a reverse senton? Well, I, don't, I, I forget don't what it was, star. but it was it was unreal. Um, so the five, Shield five. defeated Braun, Dolph, and Drew. I think I got that wrong. David had the Shield. Daniel had six. the Dogs of War. God damn it! Six five. I think you're still shorting me one too. And then Triple H versus The Undertaker was won by Triple H. I had that wrong for sure. I Mm -hmm. had that right. Dan had Triple H and David had The Undertaker. We were even. Um, All right. You're both losers in my book. Like every every good wrestling match, it was like every every good wrestling match, it was a draw. Um, That was, uh, it was a fun show. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. What did you think about the main event? Did you have any thoughts? Um, you know, it dragged on a little, but uh, I think Meltzer I said. I think uh, I don't always agree with Dave Meltzer, but when I do, uh, I think Meltzer was it was that said that if that had been a twelve minute match, it would have been great, and I totally agreed. Yeah, the end, yeah. The end game was really. Fun. They should have done the Brock Goldberg treatment that they did at WrestleMania thirty three. Yeah, well, you know, they really wanted to give him a good show. There wasn't a lot of like, I mean, AJ AJ and Samoa Joe was long. Um, but it was weird that yeah, I thought that was a good match and people were kind of shitting on that match and the shield, the shield versus uh, dogs of war, whatever match was, was, um, was really fun too. And the one on raw was great. I think the one on raw was even the better. Raw, one on raw was better. And, but then, and Daniel Bryan, the Miz being short was great. I mean, it was interesting, but I, but I, I think they triple H and undertaker had a lot of, they had kind of not time to kill, but they had a lot of kind of weight to carry. Well, I thought the match of the night was the cruiserweight match for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was very, very good. But that was only 10 minutes, you know. I mean, they could have done... They, they could have... I'm not saying it should have been longer. I'm saying it's a different degree of difficulty. Like I said, Triple H versus Undertaker would have been great if it had been 10 minutes. would have been really action-packed. Um, but it is weird that you had this... I mean, I still don't... I mean, the whole thing. There's so much weirdness. So we have the Super Showdown, and then we go to Raw, and it's like, hey, we're just going to like have the same main event. Right? <laughs> Yeah, and then they had the Riot Squad. They had a bunch of rematches. I mean, not main event, but the same the Braun and the Braun Ziggler and McIntyre versus the Shield match. And then they had what? Then they did the Riot Squad versus Nikki versus yeah. the Bell and Ronda, right? And they kind of did. Oh, the- and the biggest thing and the, the highlight of Raw was uh, the Conquistador was back as Kurt Angle. Yeah, that was the, that was the most fun part of Raw. And I, I mean, I, we I don't saw- understand how Kurt Angle has more well more charisma, but also like much more agility and coordination as the conquistador. as the conquistador it really is like a superhero situation where he, like he puts on the batman mask and cowl and, and do you cake. think he should come back as the conquistador yes <laughs> i would rather see the conquistador wrestle because then i could suspend my disbelief about his history of neck injuries <laughs> it really does in that in that outfit too you're like this guy has no neck anymore I he's got one really big. Sh- he has three shoulders. No, I got the second really the, the second they had that. The second all those guys were around the ring, I was like, one of these dudes is Kurt Angle. It's the one on the end. <laughs> and then when they actually introduced him, I was like, no, that's not Kurt Angle because Kurt Angle would have to be wearing like random padding in various parts of his body to be that strange shape. 
But then it no, was that's Kurt the Angle. shape. Very strange. Anyway, that was awesome. And now he's probably gonna wait. Is he definitely in the uh, the yeah in, yeah, the, he's in the World Cup? The World Cup. The World Cup. What do you think the World Cup's gonna get? Is it gonna be a cup, like an actual trophy? Uh, yes, I do. I, I don't think that there's any way. Jockstrap. And let me tell you something. They're not fucking breaking that trophy like they do with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal trophy. That trophy will not be broken. Cena, Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy. It was ever. It was this guy's favorite wrestlers when he was seventeen. Sure. That's like uh, those are the people that like. It's like oh, everybody that I watched back when I used to really watch it. Yeah, it's true. And Rey Mysterio. Uh, has formally been announced. He's going to be back for the SmackDown 1000, which is, by the way, of all of the things that are getting overhyped, you know, various... I think that one's getting underhyped. Countries. Yeah, that one's not been... Has been Evolution is returning. Rey Mysterio is going to be there. There's rumors of The Rock. Why? And Evolution... I mean, Evolution was big on SmackDown, but didn't Triple H just reunited one of his factions... Yeah, but in SmackDown, it's the Evolution universe. Right. Is this a separate universe? Yeah. This would be great. There's just no mention of DX. <laughs> or they have their own glow sticks. They have like blue glow sticks just so the glow stick uh, empresario is, gets it paid. It is very weird when WWE just kind of insists that you watch all of the shows despite the brand split and everything else. And then they're like trying to hype up The Undertaker coming to SmackDown. It's like, <laughs> for the first time in almost two years. And it's like, he was on Raw... <laughs> He, like, he was on Raw 24 hours ago. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I mean, they should be building Batista, but I think, like, Bat- Batista has the relationship with WWE that, like, Bradley Cooper and Sam Elliott have in A Star is Born. <laughs> There's, like, this, like, love but resentment with them, the, you know, backstage and front and center. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Don't tell me anything about A Star is Born. Jesus You'd love Christ. it. I know. I, I saw. I saw Venom instead. Come on, you saw you gotta, Venom you instead make of your Star for you. Well, I mean, I was with. I was with. I was with like a sixteen-year-old, a thirteen-year-old, and a ten-year-old boy. That's a sound drop. Yeah, you're right. You're. You have more responsibilities than me. It's like, guys, we're we're gonna go see the movie with the singing. <laughs> uh, by the way, yeah, you uh, lose cool dad status after that. They cool they announced dad. they announced uh, WWE.com has announced Rey Mysterio's return. Um. And his schedule for the first, you know, couple weeks. Is it a full-time schedule? He's wrestling on October 20th in Hartford, Connecticut. uh, Mm -hmm. The 21st, 22nd, 23rd, the 30th. And then they skip to November 3rd, where he'll be in Cardiff, Wales, uh, with presumably with the rest of the crew. They leave out the Greatest Royal Rumble, but I wonder if they're going to tease that. Speaking of making plans or or leaving, leaving places open on the card, did you like how they... WWE, I, I don't know how open they were about this, but how they they pretended that Trish Stratus was going to fight Alexa Bliss to sell tickets for Evolution because they couldn't announce. You read all this, right? The plan was the headline match is going to be Nikki Bella or the Bellas versus Ronda Rousey. Right. But they couldn't announce it because they weren't there in storyline yet. So they announce Alexa Bliss versus Trish Stratus as like the main event match. And now it's a tag match, right? And then they sep- it wasn't even just like, hey, let's get our friends involved. They separately announced Mickey James versus Lita. 
Yeah, and now, and then they and did now a, it's a tag match. Yeah, right? they did this promo and we're supposed to be excited that it's a tag match? I mean, like... Yeah, be, I think that was a mistake. It'll probably be better as a tag match, frankly, especially because Alexa Bliss is hurt and, you know, two of these people don't really wrestle. I think that Alexa, and I've said this before, should be the new GM. I think she'd be terrific in that role. Of the women's division or... No, of Raw. Okay. Well, be, <laughs> that's um, but it's just like... Like why, like why pull the wool over our eyes? I don't get it. I don't know. When is that one? Is that this weekend? No, that's October twenty eighth. Um, God damn, there's so much fucking. Wrestling. Yeah, but at least there's not one this weekend. So we got we got it. We got a couple weeks. Got one weekend off. I'm sure New Japan's doing something this weekend. I'm forgetting a Ring of Honor. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's important. Listen, we I- talked about Raw. I and mean, what does it mean anything that that the heels won at the end of the show? By the way. One of my my favorite colism of the weekend was at the end of the at the end of um or at the end of their match at the Super Showdown. Michael Cole was like, "The Shield stands tall," and literally every member of the Shield was lying on the ground <laughs> at, di- at different places around the arena. <laughs> um, this is kind of fun, though. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, does it matter that the heels won on Raw? Getting the win yeah, back. I, I think it matters. I, you know, what would be interesting, and I, I would be that if 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 Seth is the one that turns again. Oh my um, gosh! I mean, that would be really fun. Uh, but I, I think it's. I, I guess they're going to just go with Dean being the. Tur- I mean, the one that makes the most sense is Roman, but they're never going to do that. So, and again, it's like you know, some things of like uh, of like Charlotte and Becky, it's like, come on, man, just make her a face and make Charlotte a heel. Everybody wants it. Just give us one of these. You know that they're going to keep Roman as a face, so at least give us fucking Becky as a, as a face, you know? This yeah, but she's, she's pretty enjoyable right now. She's really enjoyable, but you can do all the same shit that she's doing as a heel as a face. You don't have to do And the stuff that she's doing that's too heelish, like the double countdown, it, it's like that's the stuff that she can lose that Stone Cold lost, and her character would still make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I liked SmackDown. I Again, they gave us a, a major match that we had just seen, uh, which I didn't mind. I really enjoyed Charlotte and... Uh, no, that was a cool way to open it. Yeah, it was really cool. Sure. Samoa Joe gets hurt. Oh, we didn't talk about we didn't talk about the most important thing on Raw, the other most important thing on Raw, which is uh um what's his name? Uh which is uh Bobby Lashley's heel turn. Oh my god, how did we forget? That was that there's was so much terrific. other stuff this week. The that job- was fucking terrific. The, I, only, I, the only thing about it was this is like live was this Chicago, right? And yeah, Chicago but that's going to work, man. It, that it, it is, is going to work. work. But Chicago was not reacting as... Yeah, but as, they didn't like. They didn't really make Kevin Owens a face in that, but they just turned him heel. And it's one of the only times I've seen that happen where it worked. That was fucking great, and it will work. Thank you, WWE. Yeah, it was really good. No, we, that, that's, uh, I think that's officially the hope spot of the week. That Absolutely. was really well done. Leo Rush announcing the whole match. It's going to be awesome. Leo Rush, when he started talking, I was like, this is, fu- this is X-Pac Heat. Shut up. And then I was like, oh, this is, this is going to work. This is, of course it's going to work. And it, it's one of these things where Lashley isn't, you know, he's still decent in the ring, but he wasn't, he isn't what he used to be in the ring. He's just, he's a little bit older now, you know? Mm-hmm. So having like, you know, like, well, there's been a lot of fucking really dead air during Lashley matches as far as like, you know, the crowd being dead. 
crowd's not going to be dead anymore. It's true. Crowd is going to be alive. I was just, it was just a weirdly, it was a weird Chicago because they didn't quite get that. They didn't get their role in that. They didn't quite pop for the opening segment like they should have. And then, no, um, they confused Chicago. Is great. Chicago is the best wrestling city because even though it's a full smart marks, you can still trick them like they did with Heyman and CM Punk when CM Punk wasn't going to come back and they had Heyman come out front. Like they still love wrestling more than their smart marks, opposing to, I think, yeah. Brooklyn, which I think they're more smart marks than love wrestling. Um, and I, I'm part of that problem. And then it didn't really seem like, again, again, I'm not sure what to say about the fine city of Chicago. It didn't really seem like they cared about Trish Stratus or really Alita that much. Yeah, uh, I, you know, that was one I skipped through. I'll, I'll just be honest with you guys. All right. That's fair enough. A lot of wrestling to watch this week. Um, we'll take this weekend off WWE. Although, uh, if well, you're just bored and you want to watch some stuff, the Mae Young Classic has been very good. That's what I hear. Um, I will be announcing my... Um, I will not be here next week, so David will... It's going to be a surprise... It'll be a surprise guest. It'll be a surprise guest. So stay it's tuned. Gonna be, it's going to be Kurt Angle in an outfit. <laughs> it's going to be me in a conquistador outfit. Yeah. And if, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, we all know who it's going to be. <laughs> um, listen, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thank thank you for having me. Just want to pop real plug? quick. Uh, my album, No Real Winners Here. Uh, my dates are on my website. And total F and marks tomorrow. Like I said before, we're starting a series called the unwatchables, which we go through some of the uh, worst and weirdest matches in professional wrestling and introduce it to a casual or uh, someone who's never watched before. So uh, check that out. That's fantastic. Um, Jim, what have I forgotten to say? I'll be performing in Tom Gunn Live October 27th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At the Union on Pico Boulevard. I saw it. It's great. Yeah, thank you. Check it out. Tickets at TomGunLive.com. Thanks for saying that, Jim. And everybody go go support our heel producer. He's a very funny dude and gets partially naked in that show. He does get naked. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sticking with it. This was a fun week. Yeah, it was a fun episode. Thanks to Shawn Michaels for coming back and for WWE and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for making it happen. Uh, apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose. Although... Good luck on walking out on your friends. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Take care. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. John Cena wig. <laughs> John Cena wig. Um, you, you literally couldn't see him. Um, I was with like a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 10-year-old boy. <laughs>